0: Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1228, air date June 4th, 2023. Good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayyadurai. I want to welcome everyone. It is 1030 PM here in um, Massachusetts on a Sunday. And I'm sure it's morning for some people. And it's afternoon for others because we have a global audience. Uh, First of all, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, Maria says good evening. Uh, Dimas says hello. Uh, We have people joining. um, uh, Quantum Dean of Metaphysics says 100%. Good to have you. Uh, Gerardo says, I'm always learning from Dr. Shiva, great. So today you're gonna learn something and it's gonna be part of our uh, policy effects biology series. As many of you know, that I'm a systems guy. You know, there's a book right here called System and Revolution. There's another book called Your Body and Your System. But I've spent uh, most of my life understanding systems, large scale, small scale, uh, all different kinds of systems. Uh, In fact, everything in the universe is ultimately a system. Your body is a system. Politics is a system. Education is a system, and you can keep going on all the way through. There's uh, the world is composed of systems. Um, the important thing is if you can understand the science of systems, which is how uh, the principles of how all of these systems work, then you can essentially become a master of you know your body, uh, everything around you, inside and outside of you, and you can actually be a force for change. Those in power actually spend a lot of uh, educational time learning system science and typically um, science of systems is taught at particular universities and i would say right now maybe on a good day about ten thousand people um, advisors know how systems work and these people advise the elites of the world um, my journey has been actually been um, to learn system science because i was exposed to systems Political systems. As a young kid, having grown up, grown up in the caste system, as some of you may know, uh, medical systems. My grandmother was a traditional medical healer, so I was very interested in systems. Um, and once you understand systems, you actually can see what goes on in your body right now um, is directly a function of not only the decisions you make, but the choices that you're provided by policies that uh, politicians and and the elites have imposed on people. So political systems and biological systems are connected. So i branded that into a series called Politics Affects Biology. And the reason um, many of you probably heard of me initially was in 2020, I used that same approach to show how the policies of lockdowns were affecting people's biology. Uh, The policies of Fauci were affecting people and so on. But my interest is really training all of you uh, to understand system science. Part of my running for president of the United States is that if you really look at what's going on, particularly in America right now, the elites are actually wanting to kill people, literally, and uh, and particularly their children even sooner. And the data is right in your face. Um, you don't have to put it under something called depopulation. You can call it whatever you want, but the data is in your face that those in power do not give a damn about working people. They can talk all they want, but people like Booby, F. Kennedy, Um, or, you know, uh, Elon Musk or Trump, all these people um, are not one of you. And I keep hammering away at that. And so to look above to think no matter what they say, they're going to do something for you is actually insanity. All right. Um, All of them should be in prison. Okay. So um, what we want to talk about today is something uh, that's also in your face. It's been in people's faces probably for the last 20 years. It's that there's actually shortages of medicines in hospitals, and when I say medicines, I'm not talking about just all, just drugs. I'm talking about basic things like saline. Um, we're going to talk about insulin, dextrose, okay, uh, and then a whole bunch of other generic stuff. So, God forbid um, someone in your family got sick, and really sick, and they had to go to a hospital. Um, U.S. hospitals are seriously um, having major deficiencies. Now, you can blame China. You can blame big pharma, but it's actually a much more deeper than that. And I did four or five years ago, I did an analysis of this, actually six years ago when I was running against Elizabeth Warren. It's about, and we'll talk about this in part two tomorrow night, um, but you may w- want to write down these acronyms, GPOs, George uh, Public, you know, uh, Oracle, GPO, and PBMs, okay? Um, that's not what they stand for, but I just want you to make sure you got that PBMs. And GPOs and PBMs are the wizard behind the curtain who is actually manipulating the prices of pretty much everything in pharmacies and hospitals. And we'll get to that. Um, But that's what a systems analysis reveals. What I wanna start uh, today is I'm gonna basically give an overview on what is a modern healthcare system. You'll understand um, uh, who was a creator of this diagram. In fact, the creator of the modern healthcare system. A friend of mine, Jim Coleman, who today a very interesting biography, and I'll show you who did that. Um, We'll come to that. Then you're going to understand why there are shortages okay, at a broad level. And then I'm going to give you a couple of hints as who's really the players driving this, the GPOs and the PBMs. And tomorrow night, we'll go deep, and I'll actually do what I call a systems visualization to understand it. Um, Before I start, a couple of announcements uh, I want to make is, uh, number one, I'm running for President of the United States because I believe that these are systems problems when you look at the life life expectancy of the United States citizens, your Americans actually going down while the other countries are going up. And in fact, all those other countries are gonna start following the US in the next 10 years. You start realizing that this was caused by Democrats and Republicans starting in like 1960, their policies. So voting for the lesser of two evils is not helping anybody. And um, people have to really think in a very different way, and that's why I'm running. The other piece I wanna share with you is that every Thursdays, um, we are, uh, I also founded and created a system called Truth, Freedom, and Health, which is to teach you how to start thinking about systems. It's also a community, it's also a technology, but most importantly, it's a movement to change the world. Um, we have about 400 million people all over the world who are aware of the movement for Truth, Freedom, and Health. Uh, we have about, you know, close to half a million people who've gone through the program in one form or the other. And every Thursdays, we actually um, have at 11 a.m. for all, all our people in Europe and Middle East and Africa, um, an open house. So I do double duty then at 8 p.m. also um, uh, in the evenings. And you just can go to truthfreedomhealth.com or you can go to vasheva.com slash orientation. I suggest you do that. The other thing is, um, you know, the amount of shadow banning that's going on, Um, Because I've been very, very critical of the big tech companies, including Elon Musk, who's a complete joke. Um, And therefore, although they have me on social media, the new form of censorship is where they put people in a digital cage and choke it so no one else can get to see me, even though my posts are going out there. So one of the things you guys can do to um, try to subvert those algorithms is to like this post, tell your friends about it, put comments on it click on the notify or the, um, you know, subscribe, because that's the way that um, we can make our small dent. But most importantly, we also have our own platform at vhshiva.com. Okay. So anyway, let me, uh, uh, there's a number of people here uh, that are signing in. Uh, Justin Grimes, good to have you. Justin's out in Nevada. Deb, Debbie McIntosh is out in um, uh, Australia. Good to see Deb. Joe Johnston, uh, it is GMO food and NutraSweet approved by Rumsfeld. It's a lot of things, it's not only one, one thing, but that's one of them. Uh, Portugal, great to have you. Um, uh, uh, got my vote. Great. Thank, thank you. So let me, before I start, I want to play a video uh, for all of you, which will really give um, the essence, you may have seen it before, but share this of why I'm running for president. Who would have Thanks ever thought I'd be running for president of the United States of America? I was born a low caste, untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression and racism. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, engineer, entrepreneur and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. I grew up in the working class neighborhoods of New Jersey, playing baseball, mowing lawns, painting houses and coding software. My friends and neighbors are blacks, Italians, Irish, people of all races. As a 14-year-old, I wrote 50,000 lines of software code to create the world's first email system and was awarded the first U.S. copyright for email, recognizing me as its official inventor at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I did that long before I ever came to MIT, revealing that big innovations can occur anytime, anyplace, by anybody. Growing up, I saw politicians dividing us by race and religion in both America and India, to have us fighting each other while they remain safe in their gated communities and in their playgrounds of Hollywood, Martha's Vineyard, and Silicon Valley. I'm a fighter. I fought racism and exposed their imperialist wars, fought for workers, and put my life on the line against global corruption. I never wanted to run for political office. All that changed when I saw working Americans as never before being duped by the establishment and the not-so-obvious establishment. Across left and right, we were being sold out and made to forget why we came to America and why America existed. Lawyers, academics, billionaires, celebrities and politicians, elites, Clintons, Kennedys, Bidens, Obamas, Bushes, black and white have hijacked America. They've printed trillions for their friends. they delivered crumbling infrastructure, corruption and racism. They've transferred trillions to themselves, dividing black and white, fear-mongering and fake science, lockdowns and censorship, dirty air, food and water, pushing drugs upon us, making us sicker. We've been sold out, one set of rules for them and another for us. We deserve a warrior with a history of courage in putting everything on the line for you, who believes in you, not them, who has created a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, health. I've exposed their lies at the right time never waiting until it was popular i've exposed their false gods who exist to lead you back to them i've exposed our fake science of lockdowns and masking and provided you solutions to fight them and win and protect your immune system saving millions i expose fauci galvanize the fire fauci campaign when others remain silent when they stole our election we sued the government and twitter in our historic 2020 federal lawsuit exposing in bare view independent of the establishment of left and right and their fake heroes. Now it's time for you to join the movement to win back America, to win back truth, win back freedom, win back your health. That's why I'm running for President of the United States. This race is about you. This race is about truth, freedom, health versus power, profit, control. We've had enough. They think we'll fall in line and vote again for their lawyers, celebrities, billionaires and chosen ones from above. We choose our heroes from below, from the rank and file, who do what is right at the right time, not when it's convenient and popular. They can never represent us. What America needs is a movement by the working people, for the working people, who are educated, organized, decentralized, and fight for independence from their systems of control. And that movement exists it's ready for you we don't need them we need us to go bottoms up neighbor to neighbor my journey your journey are all the same it's our time it's time we had one of us it's time to win back truth freedom health to win back america be part of this historic movement all the way to our victory on november 5th 2024. if you're an american citizen pledge your vote now for dr Shivaya Dure, the independent candidate for u.s president no matter where you live you can be a part of this Volunteer as little as 20 minutes a day. Don't delay. This is Dr. Shiva Ayyadurai and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Shiva for president. All right, everyone, so that is our campaign video. Share it. And again, to those of you joining us, uh, our discussion today is um, in our policy uh, to biology series, why medicine shortages in America. Policy Effects Biology, uh, and it's part one. So let's, first of all, begin with this very interesting diagram. Uh, you, you, can, you may have seen it. I discuss it in our course, which I'll talk about, Truth, Freedom, Health. But it's a very interesting diagram. It's a, it's a, a visualization, um, and it's really a pie chart, if you can see here. It's a blown-up pie chart where each slice of the pie chart represents different data segments. And what is it? Um, what this what this um, chart is? It is a chart that was created uh, by Florence Nightingale. Okay, um, who is really the founder of the modern healthcare system? We're taught in grade school that she was the lady of the lamp. You know, she was just a nurse. It's absolutely unfortunate because it's frankly um, not right to just say that she was just a nurse. Uh, Florence Nightingale was a member of the Royal Society of Statistics. She was a mathematician, a statistician, um, and she was deeply involved in looking at the healthcare system of her day. And this graph came out of uh, watching the deaths occurring in the Crimean War. Okay. Um, and I'll, if you go to the course, there's a whole detailed stuff I do on this. But what she noticed was that people were dying in the Crimean War, and she was tracking their monthly death rates and why they were occurring. And the different slices of this pie chart by month as you circle around uh, capture those and most people uh, thought that people were dying because they were getting shot um, you know um, on the battlefield what well, turns out people that wasn't the reason people were dying people were actually dying um, when they came into what was called a hospital so a soldier would get shot uh, he'd be wounded he'd come into these hospitals thinking he was going to be healed but actually in those days, you went um, to a hospital to die, okay? Why? Because the hospitals were not some place you wanted to get into. The hospitals were completely filthy. As Florence Nightingale talks about, there was literally horse feces in this hospital, shit on the walls, garbage. And so these soldiers were brought there to literally to die. And what she realized was when she did this graph, she noticed that as the war was proceeding, more and more soldiers were dying um, because they were coming into the hospitals. So she was the one who connected the dots from a systems approach and she said, oh, we better clean up the hospitals. And so she brought in hygiene. She started you know, putting in proper bed sheets, right? She got rid of all the feces, cleaned the sewer systems, just disgusting work that they did. But her vision was that if the hospital could be a place where when people came that were ill, you could test new medicine, you could test new surgical techniques. And that was what she actually contributed, okay? Um, She literally created an environment, and um, because of her work, um, the, the hospital healthcare system came to be. Now, everything I'm sharing with you needs to be put in the context of this Western system of medicine, we have to understand, came to be after someone was injured, after someone was in dire straits. I hope that makes sense, right? And there's a need for that. But understand that, that what she was actually creating was a system of medicine, in this case, in a horrible situation, of someone was shot or bleeding to death, right? In a crisis. So they would be come to the hospital. Now the hospitals were cleaned up. Doctors would come there. You had the development of things like antibodies and and, and steroids and surgical techniques, all these things that were created in a crisis, okay? And God forbid, as I've said before, if something awful happens to, to you and we knock on what doesn't happen to anyone, and you go to, you, you obviously, um, you know, um, taking cod liver oil or eating well is not gonna help you if, you know, something horrible, a major accident happened to your arm, right? You're gonna need surgery, you're gonna need proper uh, Western drugs, Um, in that crisis situation. So for crisis situations, Western medicine was created, but Florence Nightingale really was the one who created that. So that's the modern healthcare system, right? Um, And if you go back as that system of healthcare developed, initially, these hospitals started coming, and you as an individual, um, some of you may remember based on your age, you know, in the 1970s, um, there was really no health care insurance okay um, if you had an ailment you went to your local doctor who knew you and your family maybe even knew your grandparents okay and that doctor would meet you sometimes he'd come to even your home he'd look at your face he'd talk to you and he would figure out what was right for you so the relationship between you and the doctor was direct if he s- said to go to a local hospital you went to a local hospital if you wrote a prescription you went to your local pharmacy it was all very local and there was some personalization to it, okay? Um, That was in the 70s. Now, you have to understand what occurred in the 70s was the consolidation was also occurring of big pharmaceutical companies with big hospitals and big insurance companies. These guys were all coming together, including another group, which I'll talk about tomorrow, called Group Purchasing Organizations, and pharmacy benefit managers, PBMs, GPOs and PBMs. And no one talks about this. I'm the only politician who's talked about this s- since the last six years. I'm the only systems scientist. I'm the only systems biologist who's talked about this. But um, exactly, DMS says we had a family doctor. Yeah. Um, and so um, with the 70s, where you had this whole new infrastructure, which by the way, I'll draw out tomorrow. Um, What ended up happening was if this was you and this was your doctor, the direct relationship went away. And in between you and your doctor came all of this stuff. There were insurance companies, right? There were GPOs, there were PBMs, right? Um, There was all this bureaucracy got created from the patient and the doctor and that, bureaucracy which we'll go into more detail affected the supply chain so if you had a hospital here um how did let's say you had vitamin companies providing vitamins or even bed sheets or insulin or dextrose or pharma companies so you have all these manufacturers of all the things that belong in hospitals and how does this stuff get into the hospital there were middlemen that got created and we'll discuss those called gpos and pbms tomorrow And those GPOs and PBMs ensured that they could control the flow of supply to the hospitals. So there was a time when hospitals directly purchased stuff from the manufacturers. In the 70s, these hospitals said, hey, to save money, why don't we bring these in between people in? Um, They were called GPOs and they would purchase stuff for us and would lower the cost because we could do group purchasing. A hundred hospitals could come together and they could purchase. But something interesting started happening in the 70s. These hospitals, um, uh, by the 70s, 80s, actually, uh, sorry, the GPOs flipped their model because they were controlling so much supply, they could crank up the price of things and they could actually create shortages, okay? So um, the GPOs and PBMs became the real devils. You could have a pharma company here, which has a generic drug, which is selling for nothing, but the GPOs in the middle could crank up the price of these things. And in fact, if you as a hospital didn't buy their products or you were unwilling to do that, they could create artificial shortages and increase um, the uh, charge to the hospitals. Now in the United States, someone just said medicine is cheap in in India, yeah. You know why? Because people typically pay out of pocket directly. Okay, there are no insurance companies per se. It's only starting to come. Most people just go and they pay out of pocket. Insurance companies, what may seem um, ironic is they actually want costs high because if costs are high, you're going to say, oh, my God, I got to get insurance. What 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 happens if I get caught in a deadly situation? I need insurance. Right. So insurance companies in collusion with hospitals and big, uh, and really the GPOs, it's not really even big pharma, the GPOs um, have made it. So costs are high. Someone just said costs in India are, are low. A, a friend of mine had a, someone who was suffering from a a, pediatric, uh, a child who was suffering from a respiratory issue. There's a very simple generic me- medicine called bosentin, which is made in India, which is about 12 cents a tablet. Well, that same product sells in the United States for $25, nearly 100, 200 times more. And that's what's going on. The in-between guys have cracked up the cost of medicine in collusion with the insurance company. So you go, oh my God, the medicine's so high, I got to get insurance. All right. And I'll do a little drawing that I've done before tomorrow on it uh, in part two. But today's thing is to really introduce you those of you joining. We're talking about the talk today's Policy to Biology, by medicine shortages in America. So these shortages have resulted because of these middlemen. So let me give you an example. And when I mean medical shortages, the government has been aware of this, at least in the United States for 10, 20 years. And they haven't done anything. Republicans haven't done anything. Democrats haven't done anything. Republicans haven't done anything. Democrats haven't done anything, which means as presidents come and go. And they're fully aware of it. And they'll publish these wonderful you know, uh, analysis. In fact, here's one um, that just you can see right here that just came out um, and it's, um, let me move this over here, start a different window. And you'll see this is done by Homeland Security and Government Affairs. And it's about um, the shortages, okay? And you can see right here, it talks about short supply, the health and national security risk of drug shortages. And if you go through this, um, it and, and by the way, they've done reports on this quarter over quarter, or every four years, or every every president does something like this. They talk about it, but they've done nothing to really solve it. Um, in fact, and we'll talk about why. But if you go through this document, it talks about all the things that are um, in shortage, you know, why this is occurring, the, uh, the reason for it. And they'll, in fact, give you a, a list of all the things that are in shortage. One of the things that you'll see that are in shortage here. Are, are literally things like vitamins. So let me let me go vitamins, right? And you'll see right here, vit- multivitamin injections are in storage, okay? Shortage. And by the way, many of these are, and you can see why, manufacturing delays, okay? And it's been ongoing for 13 years, okay? It started in 2009, all right? You can see, and many of these are generic uh, medicines. Now, if I go over here, let me... Um, stop sharing here, Um, you can actually look up these shortages, all right? If I go here and I go to this window, the drug shortage list, um, you can actually look up what is in shortage, okay? And look at the stuff that's shortage. I mean, this is basic stuff in a hospital, lidocaine, okay? Sodium chloride, this is saline bags, saline syringes, okay? These are dextrose, which means basically, you know, sugar. When someone comes in, they need electrolytes and things like that, You can, um, um, I mean, one of the most alarming things for people who are diabetics, you know, let's say they come in, is uh, 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 insulin. Insulin is in shortage. And you can even look at, um, uh, I believe, vitamins, okay? So if I look at vitamin, some people need vitamin infusions, vitamin A injections, vitamin K. These are people who have serious deficiencies. And you you can go check this list out, but you have many, many things that are not beyond um, the major things that are in shortage. In fact, What's really the shortages have gotten so bad uh, recently um, that the uh, the FDA is approving vendors, okay, who have actually uh, have not uh, sorry uh, unapproved uh, Chinese made cancer drugs are being allowed into the United States. Typically, you can have different suppliers who create a cancer drug or different drugs, but they have to go through the application and approval process. Up for compliance, you know quality. Remember, the goal of the FDA is to make sure that you don't <coughs> get get killed, right? The, this the drugs don't kill you. That's the goal of the FDA. Um, but if you look here, let me see this. Um, uh, you'll see that FDA. Uh, this is just uh, uh, this is just uh, June second, okay? A few days ago, uh, FDA allows temporary import of unimproved Chinese cancer drug. To ease u.s shortage and this is called a drug called cisplatin which is used for chemotherapy to treat testicular lung bladder cervical ovarian cancer so it's not only drugs like these but even basic stuff is in shortage okay and the reason this is occurring is because a supply chain from the manufacturer to the hospitals in between are middlemen these gpos and pbms and they are now controlling the supply. The more interesting thing is when you look at it, as I shared in my diagram yesterday, when I looked, uh, when I w- uh, ran through for all of you, the fact that the elites uh, fundamentally at a systems level are controlling biology through policy and what they are actually doing is that the elites in power care about three things, power, profit and control, more power, more profit, more control. All right. And if you remember, I shared this yesterday and I may bring that up again today. I ended yesterday in our policy to. um, Let me bring this up in our policy uh, to uh, biology analysis. I shared with you a very, very interesting PowerPoint. And that PowerPoint actually went through in detail. And I built up how the fact that those in power um, know how to pay off and bribe um, government to get the policies that they need. I'm not going to walk through that again, but I can leave you with the punchline, which I did yesterday, and was this very, very nice graph, um, which I call policy to biology graph and and the systems dynamics of it. So let me just share that with you. So those of you missed yesterday's um, talk, and that was this diagram, Okay. And I gave it in the system, the the elite's goal is power, profit and control. They pay off government, academia and military who create policies for them. This ultimately will affect you. Right. You'll have some problem in your body, which is manifested by biomarkers. And this results in some disturbance. And now you have society being hurt, let's say obesity or drug shortages. This means we're going to need more tax dollars to solve this problem. And they get more sales of products. But fundamentally, the elites are the ones who created the shortage. Okay. Look, if you go back to basic economics 101, you have the supply demand curve, right? And when you have uh, low supply and high demand, what happens? Price goes up. Okay. You can take your basic macroeconomics class. Um, So if you can control supply, you can control price, right? So if there's high demand for saline and insulin, Uh, basic stuff in hospitals or people coming to emergency rooms and you control uh, the supply. Guess what? You control the price. So think about what's happening. The GPOs and the PBMs, there's three of them in the United States, are controlling the supply from the manufacturers to the hospitals. They control it because there's only three of them. These three GPOs, which we'll talk about tomorrow, merged a few years ago with the three top insurance companies. So here are the insurance companies that you're saying, oh, my God, I got to get insurance. You're paying them eight hundred nine hundred thousand dollars a month. These insurance companies merge with the three suppliers of products to hospitals. Remember, the insurance companies get you to buy insurance because under the fear, uncertainty and doubt model, which is, oh, my God, something could happen to me. Oh, my God, I need insurance. Well, why do you need insurance? Well, you need insurance because God forbid something happened to you. The price of this drug is going to be $100,000. I can't pay that. I need insurance. So they keep the price high by controlling the supply process. Okay? And that's done with their GPOs. So there you go. We're going to discuss more of this. But fundamentally, when you take a systems approach, you can, it's not big pharma, big pharma. Yeah, big pharma has their profitability. But when it comes to shortages, it is the GPOs, their profit motive, I mean. Right. And the hospital administrators who are running hospitals get kickbacks from the GPOs. And we'll talk about that tomorrow. So now I was the first one to really analyze this, talking to some of the people in the field who've been doing this, but they weren't able to get the word out in 2017 and 18. I put it out there. But you got to recognize that it's in your face. Okay, Um, here's Angela. She says something quite profound. I had two heart attacks. The hospital bills were 243000 and 220000 Yeah, Angela. And if you actually, Angela, go ask if you could actually study the bills and find out why was it that high, you'll find out it goes into a black box. You can never really find out. I'll give you another example. Um, a friend of mine who is a uh, doctor in a hospital, um, there was a patient who had needed this procedure done. And he could do it outpatient. Outpatient means he doesn't need to come to the hospital. So he said, hey, look, fly in, you know, just get a little motel, you know, just get a basic motel for 70, 80, 100 bucks. Come in. I'll do the procedure. It'll be like 2,000 bucks. Okay. Anyway, the hospital overruled the physician. And yeah, so so Angela, you should go look at, see if you can actually find the line item thing and why it's that expensive and you won't be able to do it. The hospital medical industry is the only industry where you can never find the actual cost. Okay. So, anyway, this this, this doctor friend of mine um, was overruled by the hospital and they said, no, 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 for this procedure, he has to stay at the hospital. Instead of a $2,000 bill, his bill was nearly $40,000. Okay. $2,000 to $40,000. Okay. So that's what's going on. The cost is high. The cost is inflated because they control supply. So, whenever you hear shortages, as I just shared with you, and we'll share more, this means that someone is controlling the supply. Or there's a whole collusion taking place that it could be a Chinese company, for example, who has a supply, and maybe their lobbyists have paid off congressmen, okay, to ensure that. Uh, the FDA says, okay, uh, let's overrule that for now. Let's get that supply in. And that company makes a ton of money. You see, it is ultimately comes down to power, profit, and control. When Trump was in power, he didn't do anything about GPOs and PBMs. Obama didn't do anything. Um, you know, Clinton do any, didn't do anything. None of these people do anything to actually ensure that working people can live a decent life. And that's why when you connect all the dots, you come down to one conclusion. And that conclusion is those in power want to kill you. And they want to kill your children even faster. That's why the curve that I shared with you, several, uh, when I launched my uh, campaign for president, makes it amply clear. It's not, this is not some conspiracy, it's in black and white. As I I keep, I've kept sharing that graph over and over and over again. And we'll keep sharing that graph over and over again. And that graph succinctly shows what's going on. And let me do that again as as we sort of um, close this out. Because, uh, again, tomorrow I'll, I'll be literally going into detail and showing you exactly why these prices are so high. OK, this is just the 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 first preview. But if you look at this graph, as I've shared before, this is what's going on. The All these lines represent life expectancy rates um, in the industrialized nations. But this gray line represents the average of all the industrialized nations. Now, look at the U.S. Because of the policies that started in 1960 and 70, starting in 1980, the U.S. deviates. It's not going up, right? It's going in this direction, in this direction. It starts going downward. And look what happens when right before COVID hit, it was actually going down and it came massively down. And in fact, it's still going down. What this means is that your children in the United States are gonna live less than you. This is a downward spiral that's occurring and it's in black and white. And I'll keep talking about this graph because this is what's going on. They want to kill you. It's that simple. They do not care about everyday people and forget what they say, forget what Trump says, forget what Obama says, forget what booby and Kennedy says. Forget what all these people say. They're elites. They live in Malibu. They have access to organic food. They live among their circles. They get the best food. They get the best treatments. Go to academics. Academics get the best insurance. Okay, and they don't pay anything for it. It's all government funded. Our tax dollars fund these government, these academics' insurance. We need a systems overhaul. That's what I'm. That's why I'm running for president. We need a systems overhaul where you start learning the science of systems to understand how you are getting screwed and what is your way out of it. That is the only way forward. There's no other way to think you're gonna vote your way or choose a lesser of two evils. Because what happens when you choose the lesser of two evils? You get this. Choosing the lesser of two evils is what why we're here. And I'm here to tell you that the reason I care is because I'm one of you. These people do not care about the suffering of everyday people. It's that simple. Don't think they do, they do not care. Because if they did, You wouldn't have this downward spiral. You wouldn't have insulin shortages. You wouldn't have saline shortages. You wouldn't have bedpan shortages. You have massive shortages in U.S. hospitals because the supply is being controlled so the price can go up, so you go buy insurance, okay? And there is no Messiah going to solve this. Even God ultimately wants to see what are you going to do, okay? Prayer is good. Believing in God is great. But what will you do? Remember, there's 8 billion people on this planet. There's more of us than them. Why is it we consistently keep looking upward? Why is it we think they're going to solve our problems? They're not. We have to solve our problems. I'll be right back. I just want to inspire you to know that there is a solution, and we have to grow the movement for Truth, Freedom, and Health, which we built, support our, our campaign. And all of you, we've created the infrastructure Truth, Freedom, and Health So all of you can take care of your health. We have a community and we can figure out how to win. we've created that movement. So we have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you, deep down inside them, that you don't deserve the freedoms you have they don't this reality is what people need to wake up to and we need to all unite working people there's only one movement that can do that and that is the movement that we started creating here in massachusetts the movement for truth freedom and health look i've been a student of politics since i was a four-year-old kid studying revolutionary movements left wing right wing there's a physics there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment to build a bridge you need to understand newton's equation you need to understand the laws of gravity you need to understand poisson's ratio there is a way to build a revolution Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're gonna follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags or you're gonna follow some right wing talk show host. They're not gonna lead us to liberation, it's us. We're building a bottoms up movement and that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change, bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done and it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat you know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up, his own quote unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum where people can go to truthfreedomhelp.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, "Oh, I got to build a bottoms-up movement." They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaign's expanded to the Movement for Truth, Freedom, and Health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com. So people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a Truth Freedom Health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhealth.com. tomorrow i will go into detail showing you the actual systems diagram you know i like i used to teach a class at mit called systems visualization but you will really understand in detail how these gpos and pbms which are really the uh the devils who are controlling the supply are doing it and i'll also talk to you about a solution a true healthcare solution that solves all of this so it's not only we're going to understand the real problem is but the real solution and in closing i want all of you to take some action you can go to shivaforpresident.com. you can volunteer if you want to give money you you can but let me just make something very clear i can't understand why billionaires need donations in my view if you give me something the reciprocities, i want to give you something back it's not like oh vote for me in 2024 what i'll give you back if you go to the site is that i actually give you Uh, commensurate to what you donate a whole value of courses and content and books even, because I want you to learn. My great grandfather said the biggest gift is knowledge. So, and you don't have to pay anything, but get involved. That's on the campaign side. Also go to truth come to our orientation and become a truth for health warrior. Every Thursdays at 8 PM, I also do an open house where we're training people on how to take care of their bodies. We're training people on how to buy local foods. We're training people on how to think. We're tra- giving people the seven secrets of innovation so you can start your own business. We're also teaching people how to take care of their own families and how to maintain finances. We're actually doing stuff here and now. It's not like when you, uh, when we win the presidency. So this is a movement. So get involved. They're not going to do anything for us. As I shared earlier, they want to kill you. Because if they didn't want to kill you, why is the data like this? Okay. If they didn't want to kill you, why is it like this? The reality is it takes a lot for everyday working people because most of us are good people. We're not into power, profit, and control. We're into truth, freedom, health, right? Because we're good people, we think everyone else is good. Kennedy is a scumbag. Robert Booby, as I call him, Booby F. and Kennedy supported lockdowns in 2020, Now all the elites promote him as though he's a fighter. They steal all of our material. Elon Musk is another big scumbag. He hates free speech. He just was in China and he said, China and the United States are connected as conjoined twins. We have the same interests. That's not true. When he says we have the same interests, he's saying he and the Chinese elites and the U.S. elites have the same interests. So please wake up, recognize that the only person who's going to save you so you can live long and prosper your children is us and I'm one of you. That's why I'm bringing this up. No other candidate is talking about this graph. And if they do, it's to mimic me. So to, uh, you know, um, to manipulate people. Uh, But we have to recognize that it's time that we build our own movement. Um, We've built that movement of truth from health and, and, and the vehicle of the Shiva for president campaign gives you an opportunity to participate. So, you know, you don't say, well, you know, who, who do we vote for president? Well, you vote for me. Okay. And you vote for us. And that's what our movement is. So anyway, tomorrow, um, we'll start a little bit early, probably about 8.45 p.m. EST, but we'll literally go through the entire systems analysis and you will have a diagram that literally shows you how the insurance companies, how the big hospitals and these people called GPOs are maintaining or manipulating price. And no politician wants to address this. The first thing I will do, one of the first things is I will sign an executive order to end GPOs and PBMs. They should be it should be illegal what they're doing. It's complete insider trading. Okay, but no other politician will do that because they're not independent. This is a key. I am truly independent. I don't owe anything to the left. I don't owe anything to the right. I don't owe anything to Democrats and Republicans. And this is why they shadow ban us because I'm not in one of their camps, neither is our movement. So um, get involved, shivaforpresident.com, truthfreedomhealth.com, become a warrior scholar, support uh, this phenomenally growing movement. Nearly half a billion people in the world know we exist, so they they can't hide us. We have nearly half a million warrior scholars, become one, but it's really up to us. No one else is gonna save us. Unfortunately, there is um, no Messiah coming tomorrow to help us, we have to do this. Thank you, everyone. Be the light and uh, have a good night.